Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. And I'm ready to go. And uh, But uh, on, on uh, the few weeks that I have uh, had off, we got the opportunity, my wife and I got the opportunity to worship with about 3,000 uh, other believers in the city of Ottawa. And we were invited by a pastor friend of ours, Pastor Sean Gabby, who was heading up this event um, called Let Us Worship with a worship leader named Sean uh, Foyt. And so we, there was about 3,000 or so, between two and 3,000 or so people that gathered in Ottawa uh, just a few weeks ago. And uh, people were throwing drugs on the stage. They were throwing cigarettes on the stage. People were being delivered. Uh, we had, I feel like there was over like 30-something baptisms that took place on the spot. And it was amazing to see what God is doing. I think so often we can get so caught up in what is happening around us and what is happening in our own surroundings. And we can get discouraged. But when you gather with the body of Christ, when you gather with the capital C church, it's amazing what can take place. And so here's a short video I just want to show you because it was so amazing what took place. I want you to check this out. Amen, church? Come on, it's a revival season. It's a revival season. I'm reading from the book of Acts this morning, Acts 16. If you have your Bible, analog or digital, you can read along with me, Acts 16, verses 22 to 27. It says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. At this point, they had come in and miracles were taking place, and so they were upset. So after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. And about midnight, 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he had saw, the prison doors opened. Come on, God, we just thank you so much for your word today. We thank you for your miracle working power. We thank you, God, for who you are in our lives. We thank you in this next season that as we dive deeper, as we dive deeper into the, your word, as we dive deeper into the things of you, God, that you will reveal to us something fresh and something new. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, amen and amen. Today, I'm entitling my message, How to Get Out of Jail Free. How to Get Out of Jail Free. Amen. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite board games of all time, and I know there's some Catan fans in here, but it's not Catan, I'm sorry. It is Monopoly. Monopoly is one of my favorite board games of all time. I know true Monopoly players because they're willing to commit to the four to five hour time slot that it takes to play Monopoly. But one of my favorite parts about Monopoly is the cards that you get to get, which in some cases you either get to get more money some cases they send you to jail, but in some cases you get this card that's a get out of jail free card. And that get out of jail free card can be held and used at any time you need to get out of jail. And so today I want to talk about something that can help you get out of jail, can help you get out of the prison that you may find yourself in. Today I want to talk about worship. Is that okay? I want to talk about something that the Bible tells us is a weapon that we can use in all circumstances. I want to talk about something that can shift atmospheres. I want to talk about something that can break chains. I want to talk about something that can break bondage off of people. I want to talk about something that can change every atmosphere, that can change every room that you walk into if you use it. The key is if you use it. See, now when we think about worship, we think, well, we all go to church, so we all understand worship. We all know worship. When we go to church, we worship God. That is just what we do. We think people know how to worship. We think worship is the two slow songs after the, pray, the fast praise song at the beginning. That's what we consider worship to be. Can I blow your minds for a moment? Worship is not a song. Worship is not a song. Yes, singing, what we just did up here, those are expressions of our worship, but that is not our worship. Those are just expressions of our worship. Worship comes from an old English word, worth-ship. Everybody say worth-ship. Careful on that one. Worth-ship. Old English word means to give something worth, to demonstratively attribute value, especially to a deity or a god. In other words, to worship is to honor something of the highest importance and to act accordingly. Come on, worship is not what we just do at church. Worship is our life. Worship is who we are. Worship is so much more than just a song. It's so much more than just three songs on a Sunday. It's so much more than just getting in your car and putting on Hillsong. It's so much more than that. Worship. Can I tell you something? The weakest place to worship is right here. 
The weakest place to worship is right here because we got the words for you. The band has already laid it out. It's already set. The atmosphere is right. People have been praying. The weakest place to worship is right here. We think if we just play that song that gives us goosebumps every time, that's worship. Well, that's not every time. Oh, every time I've heard people say it. Every time I hear that song, I just, I just get those, I get those, those bumps. I put it on in my car when I need something. I, I, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is about how you live your life and what's on the inside of your heart. Worship gets authenticated when you're at your job. Worship gets authenticated when you're at home and your kids are running crazy and there's no silence in the house. Worship gets authenticated in every circumstance that seems impossible. Worship is authenticated in environments that seem unlikely. But we don't have a true understanding of what worship really is. The English language traditionally uses one word for praise and one word for worship. But the Bible has many words to describe worship. If you're taking notes, now is a good time to write them down. The first one is this, halal, to rave, to boast, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. When was the last time you halal? To be clamorously foolish. If you want a reference, you can write it down. I'm not going to read them today. Psalm 35, 18. Yada, to acknowledge in public. Psalm 138, 1. Barak, to bless by kneeling or bowing. Zamar, to make music to God with stringed instruments. That's what we did up here today. We made music to God with stringed instruments, with clanging cymbals. And with the voice that he gave us. Shabak, to address in a loud tone or to shout. Some of you haven't shabaked in 10 years. When was the last time you shabak? God, I thank you. We don't need microphones. He has given us a voice. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I worship you. Shabbat. Psalm 63, verse 3 and 4. This one I'm probably going to butcher, but it's todah, taudah, to lift our hands in adoration. Lift our hands in adoration. Psalm 50, verses 23. Tehillah. Not tequila, tequila. <laughs> but the definition is adequate. Exuberant singing. Both versions, tequila and tequila, bring exuberant singing. <laughs> I was just in a, at a place where there's people all around a pool bar all the time, and there was a lot of tequila. But there wasn't a lot of tequila. Worship is love expressed. But it's not worship if it's not expressed. 
This is some of the ways that the Bible tells us that we are to express our love. We are to express our love loudly to God, sometimes with a shout, sometimes with a raising of our hands, sometimes with a kneeling or a bowing, sometimes with stringed instruments. Worship is about love and appreciation for God's goodness. The older I get, say, well, you don't look that old. I am almost old. I'll be 40 next year, actually in just a few short months. But the older I get, the more that I begin to worship God, the more that I begin to worship him, the more that I realize how big he is and how small my problems are. I went through a tough season recently. And the only thing I knew to do was to worship God. I said, God, I don't feel like worshiping you. God, I don't feel like getting up on a Sunday. God, I don't feel like going and being a pastor. But all I know to do is to lift my hands, to lift my voice, to bow on my knee and say, God, I love you. God, I'm thankful. God. The more I begin to worship, the more I see how big he is and how small my problems are. Can I tell you that praise and worship go hand in hand. You say, well, isn't it the same thing? Well, yes and no. Praise and worship go hand in hand. Praise is about God, but worship is to God. Praise is opening up, but worship is entering in. Praise is boldly declaring, but worship is humbly bowing in the presence of our holy God. Praise applauds what God has done, but worship is honoring God for who he is. Psalm 23, 3, God inhabits the praises of his people. It's amazing to think that God in all of his fullness inhabits and dwells in our praises to him. Our praise to him is irresistible. As soon as he hears us call on his name, he is ready to answer us in that time. Worship is why we were created. Can I say that? Worship is why we were created. Jeremiah 33, 11 in the Amplified says, there shall be heard again the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bride, the voices of those who sing as they bring sacrifices of thanksgiving into the house of the Lord. They give praises and thanks to the Lord of hosts for the Lord is good for his mercy and kindness and steadfast love endure forever. Isaiah 43, six and seven, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. You were created to give God praise. That is your purpose, is to give him praise. Why? Because worship is the only thing that you can do for God. Worship is the only thing that you can do for God. Worship is not something he can do for himself. You were created to worship him. You were created to praise him. 
He can do anything, he can do everything, but he can't worship himself. When I lift my hands on this earth, let me, let me say this first, because I want you to understand this. In order to worship, you have to have something higher than yourself. And because he is the most high, there is nothing higher than him. In order to worship, you must have something higher than yourself, but nothing is higher than our God. Nothing is greater than our God. Every time I lift my hands in adoration, every time I lift my voice in praise, every time I lift my voice, it is communicating to this world. It is communicating here on this earth that I acknowledge the king. And that the devil has no power and authority because I belong to a new kingdom. I belong to a different kingdom. John 4, verses 23. But a time is coming and is already here when true worshipers will worship the Father. In spirit, from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. So if worshiping God is true worship, that means there has to be a false worship. Isn't that right? If worshiping God is true worship, that means there must be some sort of false worship. If you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something else. If you're not worshiping God, you may be worshiping someone else. If you're not worshiping God, you may be worshiping maybe even a possession. We were created to worship, and when you get, get down to it, it's the very core, every person on earth worships. Now, not everyone worships our God in heaven, but we all worship someone or some things. Maybe it's a sports figure. Maybe it's an entertainer. Maybe it's a possession. Maybe it's something else. Everyone bows to some kind of altar. Can I prove it to you? Has anybody ever heard of uh, a small artist by the name of Taylor Swift? She's up and coming. What's so interesting about the tour that she's on called the Eras Tour? It's a three-hour show. Spans over three hours. The set list includes, I think, over 44 songs that span across all of her albums. Ticket sales have gone upwards of, they start at $800 and go all the way up, if not more than $11,000 just to get in the door. People not only spend $11,000, they'll spend countless other thousands of dollars just to travel to somewhere where they can get a ticket. I've heard of people going overseas from here just to go to a show, spending $8,000 and then spending another $4,000 just to get there with accommodations and food for three hours of worship. There's stories of people that have spent countless thousands of dollars going to her shows only to not even remember a couple hours of it. 
Story after story of people going to a show and they said, I can't even remember the second hour of the show. I couldn't tell you one song she sang. Literally blanking out after spending thousands of dollars. People will spend thousands of dollars to travel overseas, to go see someone for three hours, yet we struggle getting out of bed on a Sunday morning to come and worship our God. We, I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like coming to church today. I don't feel like lifting my hands. I don't feel like opening my mouth and lifting my voice. I don't even like this song. I don't even like the person singing the song. I don't care for the style of worship. We've gotten to a place where it's about our preferences rather than who we are worshiping. But Hebrews 13, verse 15 in the New King James says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer. Does it say the preference of praise? It doesn't say the preference of praise. I'm only going to offer my praise when I like the song. I like the person singing it. I like the way they're playing it. I like the temperature in the room. I like the way the carpet feels. No, no, no. It says offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. It's not a sacrifice if it's what you want to do. I'm sick and tired of preferential Christians. Hopping from church to church because it's what you want. I didn't come to play today because we need a church that is bold. We need a church that is confident. We don't need another church that has two songs, a couple points, and sends you on your way. We need a church that is full of the Holy Ghost. We need a church that is pressing after the presence of God. We need a church that is hungry for revival, that will bow their knees, that will lift their hands, that will raise their voice and say, enough is enough. Some of you may want me to take five weeks off after this. Because I'm done. I'm done playing games. I may not always feel like praising, but I owe my life to the one who set me free. I may not always feel like getting out of bed, but I owe my life to the one who delivered me. If you want to play church, there's many other churches in this city. I ask you to go. If you're just here to stay with the home team, maybe it's time to go. Because I'm after a church and God is after a church who is hungry to worship him. That doesn't matter if we go past an hour. 
Doesn't matter if the message is 20 minutes or three hours. I owe everything to the one who delivered me. And the only thing that I can give him in return is my praise. But Pastor, Pastor Matt, you don't know what my life has been like. You don't know how hard it's been. You don't know what I've been struggling with. You don't know the pain that I'm in. You don't, I don't, I don't know every detail. I don't. But I can tell you what I've been through. When someone gives you a church, not only a few months later tries to turn their back and give that church to someone else. Tries to tell the pastors who are giving you another church every bad thing you've done to try to get them to say no. Finding out your wife's father has lost his mind and decides to do whatever he wants to do. Separating himself from his entire family. Shortly after that to find out that the doctor said my wife has cancer. I don't know what you've been through, but I know what I've been through. And if I'm not stopping my praise, you should not stop your praise. Because sure, it may be tough. Sure, there may be trials. Sure, there may be difficulties. Sure, there may be pain. But my God is a good God. He is a deliverer. He is a healer. He has brought you through some stuff. There have been moments where I didn't feel like I could worship. Can I tell you what I did for the last five weeks? I didn't sit on my butt. I put myself in churches all over this province and all over North America so that I could worship my God. I didn't hide somewhere. I went from church to church to church seeking God. God, I want to worship you. God, I love you. God, I know what I'm going through. I know what's in my head. I know what's in my heart. But God, all I can do is worship you in this moment. What happens when your worship is hindered by your circumstances? What do you do when your worship has been muted by the last month that you've just been in? Maybe in this last season you felt bound up. Maybe in this last season you felt weighted down. Maybe in this last season you've gone through some stuff. Worship is not just the reason we were created, but worship is a weapon to get you out of the prison that you're in. Can I tell you that worship is one of the most powerful weapons that we have? No wonder the devil wants you to be silenced by your circumstances. No wonder he wants you to be muted by the month you've just been through. He will do everything he can to remind you of your past. He will do everything he can to remind you of what you just came through. He will do everything he can to keep you silent. Because if you're silent, you're not able to use the weapon that God gave us, which is our worship. Acts 16 says, 
along about midnight. Or another translation just says, about midnight. Midnight is the darkest part of the night, is it? It's the darkest part of the night. But you know what midnight also is? It's the beginning of a new day. Your praise should be louder in the darkest part of the night. Like Paul and Silas in this moment, their praise was the loudest at the darkest part of the night. At the hardest thing that they were going through, at the struggle that they were in, at the inner prison that they were in after they'd just been beaten, after they'd just been shackled. Their praise was the loudest. Paul and Silas, they were at prayer singing a robust hymn of God. I love that it says robust. Wasn't some dainty song? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. This is how some of us, little ones, there we No, 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 it was a robust hymn. It's a robust song. Can I tell you something? That corporate worship has the ability to break off chains of those who are bound. I just picture this. They've just been beaten. I try to lay. Oh, no, I can't lay on that side. They beat me on that side. Oh, no, not that side. Oh, not my back. Oh. God, what am I? Holy, holy, holy. Lord, Paul's over there. He's like, oh, my back. I got, uh, wait, what are you singing over there? Holy, 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 come on. Yeah, holy, holy. Come on. Something happens when you start singing. Something happens when you start worshiping. Holy, 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 Lord God almighty. Holy in the morning, my soul. Come on, you're starting to get it. Corporate worship, there's power in corporate worship. Come on, sing it. Holy. Come on, sing it again, because something is breaking. Something is shifting. Sing it again. If you don't know the words, just open your mouth and act like you know it. You'll learn it real quick. Huh? Come on, something's shifting. Person blessed. Come on, corporate worship has the ability to pick up someone. Corporate worship has the ability to shift the atmosphere. Come on, you can go to Taylor Swift, you can go to Harry Styles, you can go to whatever rock concert you want to numb. But it's only in the corporate presence of God. It's only when we come in these moments together that it picks you up from whatever state you're in. 
says the other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. What are you letting come out of your mouth during the hardest points of your life? What are you letting coming out of your mouth during the most difficult seasons of your life? Are you complaining? Are you talking about the situation you've just been in? Or are you lifting your voice to God? God, I know I went through the breakup. I know I went through the hard situation. God, I know I'm going through the trouble. But God, you are holy. You are worthy of my praise. God, I thank you that I'm going to walk out the other side. God, I thank you that you are good. God, I thank you that I am healed and whole. God, I thank you that regardless of my situation, that I will lift my voice, that I will lift my hand. What is coming out of your mouth? The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. Our world wants to hear what you're shouting when things aren't going great. You want your family saved? Stop complaining and start praising. You want to see shifting in your house? You want to see shifting in the atmosphere? Start praising God every day instead of just the two songs on Sunday. You want to see things shift? Start worshiping our God. It says, then without a warning, a huge earthquake. The jailhouse tottered. Every door flew open and all the prisoners were loose. It didn't just say Paul and Silas. What did it say? It didn't just say their prison cell. It says the jailhouse tottered. The whole thing tottered from the very foundation. It tottered. Every door flew open and all the prisoners are loose. Maybe you feel like you're in a moment where you're bound. In this place, their feet were bound. They were beaten. They were broken. They were probably in a lot of pain. They couldn't go anywhere. But there was one thing that was not silenced. And that was the voice that they were given to worship their God with. I might not be able to move my feet. I might feel stuck in the place that I'm right now, but I will lift my voice to God. I will lift my praise to him. I will lift my eyes to my savior. You may not be able to move, but use what is loose to shake off the shackles that are holding you down. When you understand your perspective, it either becomes your prison or it becomes your passport out of there. A lot of times we're stuck in what we see. I don't see how I'm going to get out. I don't know if I'm going to make it out. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the other side. It's either your prison or it's your passport out. You might not be able to move, but use what is loose, your voice to shake where you are bound. God set their feet free by shaking the very foundation that they were standing on. Some of you just need your foundation to be shaken. 
Some of you have been standing there for a long time. You haven't moved. You need your foundation to be shaken. You need something to happen. You need something to move. The reason God is shaking the ground is to break the chains that are holding you right now. He's shaking the ground. I know you can feel it. I know you can see it. That, that something is coming. Something is happening. Some of you might be in a prison of addiction. Some of you might be a in a prison of rejection. Some of you might be a in a prison of disappointment. That things didn't work out the way that you wanted them to. I don't know what prison you may be in today. But I can tell you how to get out of jail free. When you lift your voice, when you begin to worship, you feel like you're in a prison. You've tried everything. You've tried medicine. You've tried doctors. You've tried psychology. You've tried it all. But have you tried the prescription of worship? I was in a situation not too long ago. And some people came to me. They said, Pastor Matt, we've done everything we can do. We've looked for loans. We've looked for other things. We've tried to cut costs. We've tried to do this. We've tried to do that. I said, you haven't done everything. I can tell you one thing you haven't done. That's go to God. I said, oh, wait. Well, that didn't cross our mind. Can I tell you the moment that they went to God for this specific circumstance, the moment that everything turned around? We try everything in our own strength, in our human strength. Well, what do I do? I got to Tyler. I got to do painkiller. I got a medication. This is what they've diagnosed me. You'll listen to every doctor. You'll do every prescription. But when was the last time you halaled? When was the last time you shabak? When was the last time you raised your voice beyond just a mutter? It says, everyone's chains were loosed. Are you going to let your chains break your praise or will you let your praise break your chains? You've been bound for a long time. Say it with me. My praise breaks chains. My praise breaks chains. Say it again. My praise breaks chains. Do you believe it? Your praise is the key to getting out of jail. Your praise is the key to getting out of prison. It says they startled from sleep. The jailer saw all the doors swinging loose on their hinges, assuming that all the prisoners had escaped. He pulled out the sword and was about to do himself in because that was his only job, figuring he was as good as dead anyway. Then Paul stopped him. Don't do that. We're all still here. Nobody's run away. The jailer got a torch and ran inside, badly shaken. He collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He led them out of the jail and asked, sirs, what do I have to do to be saved? To really live? They said, put your entire trust in the master Jesus. Then you will live as you were meant to live and everybody in your house included. When you understand that your praise is a weapon, that your praise will become infectious to those that see what you're walking through and how you're handling it. Your praise will become infectious. It says they went on to spell out in detail the story of the master. They were preaching. 
The entire family got in on this part. They never did get to bed that night. The jailer made them feel at home. He dressed their wounds and then he couldn't wait until morning, was baptized, he and everyone in his family. Your praise will not only bring healing, your praise is not only a weapon, but your praise will set the captives free. Psalm 34, I'm almost done. Band, you can come back. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You were created to worship. There are circumstances. There are things in your life. There are moments in your life that will try to stop you from praising God. There might be even family members that you know of that'll try to stop you from praising God. Can I tell you, don't ever let your praise be stopped. Don't ever let your praise be stopped. There will always be people. There will always be circumstances. There will always be difficult situations. Psalm 68, one and two, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him as smoke is driven away. So drive them away as, as wax melts before the fire. So let the wicked perish at the presence of God. When you lift up your praise, God arises and the devil starts to run. When you lift your voice, chains start breaking. When you lift your voice, areas where you have been bound start to loosen and start to become free. When you lift your voice, prison doors start to come open. When you lift your voice, can you just take the next two minutes? We're gonna sing this song. Can you just take the next two minutes? Without any, Linda's playing, that's fine. Before the band comes back, before anything, why don't you just stand to your feet and just take the next two minutes. We don't need anything fancy. Just begin to worship God the way you know how. For some of you, it may be getting on your knees. For some of you, it may be lifting your hands. For some of you, it may be speaking out with the voice that he gave you for the first time. I don't know what that is for you, but just take the next two minutes and worship God before we go back into worship again. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.